Hello, and welcome to the IMG Podcast, where we are dedicated to empowering IMGs through deep diving conversations, inspirational stories, analysis of match trends, and beyond. Our mission is to help you learn what it takes to succeed and to thrive as an international medical graduate. This is Tiffany with Match a Resident, and we are here today with Melissa Liu, who matched into emergency medicine this year. Welcome, Melissa. Hi. How are you feeling? It's still very surreal, but coming down a little bit, but I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really well. Definitely still riding the high of Match Week with everybody. Right. <laughs> um, it's been a whirlwind of a week, you know going through everything from 9 a.m., waiting to open that email, and then seeing everybody's news. So a wave of emotions. Right, definitely. And I I can't even imagine because one of my best friends is on the uh, Pacific Coast. So literally, she had to open hers at like 6 in the morning. And so we were FaceTiming at all odds of the night. So (laughs) it's been interesting. Did Did you get much sleep the night before? Um. After taking a Benadryl and some melatonin, I definitely did. There you go. A little help doesn't hurt. Exactly. So if you could kind of rewind back to September at the beginning of application season and think back to how you felt at that point and what you thought the season was going to be like and what it actually turned out to be, we would love to hear how your season went. Yeah. So... So I've always wanted to do medicine in general. I just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I uh, I took a, a gap year and I was a scribe and I realized how much I wanted to do emergency medicine. And so going into this whole process, med school, everything, I knew emergency medicine was what I wanted to do. I kept an open mind, but unfortunately, once your mind is kind of set on something, it almost always kind of calls you back there. And I was always called back. And so um, worked really hard. Definitely met some setbacks, you know, as being as a uh, IMG, you are already facing a stigma. So you're, it's already an up, uphill climb. And so my step one score didn't come out as I wanted. And so I knew that clinical years was a year of redemption. So I went in kind of treating every rotation as a audition and working my butt off. And so entering September, I knew I expected not to be a highly favorable candidate because of, I mean, they tell you all the time as an IMG, your scores matter. Like everyone's looking at your score, your apps are everything. And already going in with that kind of mindset, you, it it stinks because you're almost setting yourself up for failure. Like you can't even open the door because the door is never allowed, like never shown to you. So I went into September kind of hoping for the best. I went to my sub-I internships in EM, you know, working my working my hardest, trying to be the first student there, last student, trying to show them that I, you know, was someone that they couldn't pass up on. So going into September, I had hope, but I also was realistic. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, for a lot of you, I don't know if you guys know the process, but essentially September, you submit your applications and then it's kind of a waiting game, right? Until the program's going to open your application and invite you, you kind of just sit there and wait. And then October comes around and those interviews start kind of rolling in. And, you know, as I said, I didn't anticipate being very uh, competitive. And even though people say, if you feel that way, you should do apply, I did not. I knew I wanted emergency. There was nothing else for me. I, I just, eyes on the prize. 
So even going into that even more, I was even more nervous because I was like, oh man, if I don't get, you know, they say the magic number is 12. And so if I didn't get 12 interviews, I was like, oh, it's okay. Like it is what it is. I'll buy next year. But October comes and, you know, interview after interview after interview, it was, it was surprising to see, you know, you, your email, your, they say to have your uh, phone glued to you at that point, because every notification is them sending you an interview. And it kind of was that way for me. So I was very surprised to get the amount of interviews that I did. And, you know, when interviews actually started rolling out, I was a little nervous, but don't, don't be nervous during interview season because it, you're literally talking about what you want to do. This is your one moment to like tell them how passionate you are about medicine. You've worked so hard to get to this point. And so I practiced a little bit of mock interview with like my friends, my husband. And then next thing you know, when the team came time to actually interview, it was natural. It was you know, like why, very standard questions, you know, like, why do you want to do this? And it just came natural to me. I was I, this is the thing I love. So I was passionate about it. And I'm glad that someone saw something in me too, because after, after uh, interviews go until uh, February and you start ranking at that point. And I ranked in February was kind of, didn't have very much anxiety at that point. I was kind of just like, it is what it is. It, it is like, I'll go wherever they take me kind of thing. Sure. And it was out of my hands. And I, I'm happy to say I matched my number one choice and, you know, I'm excited to start in July. (laughs) That's an awesome story. It seems like your season was in a way textbook, you know, you kind of went through applied in September, you played that waiting game of, you know, looking at your phone. And I did hear a lot of applicants talking about never having been glued to their phone in such a way um, you know, watching those notifications or if they had to, you know, go in on a procedure, having someone else hold their phone and watch for the notifications. Did you ever have to do that? Yeah, actually, um, I was just about to say, uh, my, so I had a flight to a wedding during like the cusp of interviews and literally the, oh gosh, I'm sorry, but in the cusp of interview season, I essentially, flew to North Carolina or South Carolina for a wedding. And when I got off the plane, I had missed an email by maybe 15 minutes. And by the time I opened it, interviews had been filled to like January. So it was was crazy. The amount of time, like they say you have two days to respond to an interview invite. It's it's like 30 minutes. They shouldn't say 48 hours. It's literally within 30 minutes. If you don't respond, you don't get a spot. So very crazy. And when the interviews did actually start happening, you know, you were talking about having spent so much time talking with friends and family and your husband, kind of going through what your answers might be during interviews. Mm -hmm. And I really love that you said that by the time interviews rolled around, you felt like it was just very natural. Um, But did you have any moment during any interview where you were asked kind of a question that like threw you off base or you were surprised by? You know, they love, the interviewers don't, I I doubt they do this to make you nervous. But I think they're just genuinely curious what you would be like if you were flustered. So sometimes a lot of them do ask some pretty interesting questions. I can't think off the top of my head. What is like, there's some like funny, goofy ones. Like for EM, they ask like, oh, you were stuck on a desert island. What are the three medications you would bring? And that's always something fun to like think about. But um, that kind of caught me a little off guard because I was like, oh, well, I wish I had more time to think about this. I don't want to take long to like 
think of something like and waste our interview time because you know you have 15 increments 15 minute increments to like sell yourself so I was like I don't want to spend 10 minutes of this trying to figure out medications but right. I think um even even when I did get kind of a uh surprising question it my first thing first thing I tell myself is to take a deep breath you know this is still like a, just a one-on-one conversation so I was kind of like all right and if I needed time it wasn't I wasn't gonna be like oh like just sitting there in silence I'd be like just give me a second um and then I would kind of tell them what I'm thinking like on track what I'm thinking of so the biggest thing for me was like don't ever be flustered by kind of create a crazy question just take your time kind of walk through it and there's no like it's not wrong to be like oh just give me a second I let me think this through because what you answer could dictate you know where you end up ring ranks so yeah yeah really good advice I think because it's hard sometimes to when you don't know what to expect to not feel flustered but if you kind of have an approach internally like if I do feel flustered I'm going to tell myself to take a deep breath And I like what you said about talking through whatever you're thinking, instead of leaving the awkward silence and letting the stress build, just talk through your thoughts. Yeah. That's really good advice for, for next rounds applicants. Um, And so, so moving forward then in the season, it was time for rank order list. Did you struggle at all with, you know, your top couple of ranks? Yeah. So I, I kind of essentially had trouble with my top six. So essentially I, you know, I, my husband is applying next year. He's also in medicine and he's applying, uh, peds next year. And so it, it's not a couples match necessarily, but it was like a pseudo couples match because wherever I ended up, I wanted to be close to him and wherever he ended up, like wherever I ended up going has to be in proximity of where he would eventually go. Sure. So, you know, me looking at programs, I was also, so for my priority uh, in programs, it was quality of training. Um, location to me didn't matter, but I knew for our family, it had to matter. So I put that up there. Uh, wellness ended up being a big thing for us because, you know, like as a, cause he's doing pediatrics, I'm going to be doing emergency. We have to have a good balance because, you know, at the end of the day, a job is a job, but also your relationships and your family mean a lot too. So I had yeah. to prioritize that. And when it came down to it, I, I honestly, to even to this day, I would have been happy with any of my top six. And that's kind of why I struggled because I didn't know if you had to make me put them numerically, it was hard. And so even at the end of it, I I'm very happy with my number one, but I also kind of struggled even where to put anything below that. So, uh, from six and below, it was, it was more of logistics at that point. Like where could I see myself being happy and where training would still be amazing and all the programs I ranked were great. So at the end of the day, it was a struggle, but, and, but I, but I, I managed to certify before the due date. So I will say I, I I managed to do it right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. If you weren't still kind of staying up, you know, burning the midnight oil the night before and yeah. A lot of people tell you like the, you wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh, maybe I should change it. So I did have a couple of days where, you know, you end up flip-flopping a little bit. But it's the days where you wake up and you're like, you know, I'm content with my list. That was when I knew if I did that like consistently for like a couple of days, I was like, okay, I think my list is good at this point. It's time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you interview at any programs that you did not put on your rank order list? No. So I know. Um, so, you know, as an IMG, they tell you your chances of matching are, you know, who knows, right? It's the, it's a toss up. 
But for me, I knew that interview season um, this year was to be online. And I read a lot about people hoarding interviews from the year before. And so for me, you know, there's two ways, there's two thought process, right? If you get interviews, you should keep all of them. Like you earned it, you deserve to relish in this feeling. For me, I wasn't going to take away an interview from someone if I knew I definitely wasn't going there. So like I, I'm currently in New York and my husband and I want to stay in New York, New Jersey. And so when I got an interview in like, let's say Florida, I knew at the end of the day, that wouldn't be the right choice for me. Even if I loved the program, why would I go to Florida if it doesn't make sense for our family? So I ended up, you know, turning those interviews away and then not ranking them. So I ended up turning away a couple because it just realistically, it just didn't make sense. And it, it, I hoped that it would give another person a chance to interview there. That's awesome. I also, I did read a lot about the interview hoarding and even people kind of not showing up last minute or canceling last minute can still potentially take that interview away from, from somebody else. So yeah, I think that's a a really kind strategy looking out for, you know, the other applicants and other IMGs, especially who are, you know, competing for those interviews. So, um, what would you say, and I guess you can kind of think back if you want, like all the way through even medical school, but what would you identify as maybe like the, the hardest part of your journey or the biggest obstacle that you overcame? So for me, so I wrote this in my personal statement. I talked about it a lot during my interview too, but I am the biggest homebody. I am from, I'm from Oregon and I went to a college. I lived at home with my parents and I would still live with them if I could. I love them. I have one sister. My whole family is very close. We eat dinner together every single day. We shop every Sunday together. We do everything together. I went to a college 30 minutes away and would commute home on the weekends to be with my okay. family. So when it came time to go to med school, I, you know, you when you apply to med school, you essentially have the mindset of I'll go where they take me. So it was a big sacrifice, big leap of faith for me to travel 4,000 miles away to uh, St. George's in Grenada. Uh, I think that was an adjustment for me. It was tough being away from home. It was tough being, you know, thinking the worst. Like when you're, when you're on the island, when you're that far, you all, you're studying, but you're also thinking, oh man, if anything happens at home, will I make it on time? You know, stuff like that. Because, you know, life happens. You can be in school and, you know, in this bubble where you feel like nothing else matters except school, but life happens. So I know a lot of, you know, a couple of classmates who kind of went through something tragic like that. And I, I prayed every day that it would never happen to me because I was just so scared. And so that was a big adjustment for me. Um, you know, luckily for me, my family is amazing and FaceTime technology is wonderful these days. So thank goodness yes. for that. Um, another big one was, you know, my step one score not being where I wanted to be. You know, I said like being an IMG, they, they prime you to feel like that score matters so much and that no one else cares about anything else about other than that score. So I, you know, felt kind of devastated when I got a score that maybe wasn't optimal, but if anything, it just made me work harder. It made me, you know, treat everything like a challenge. And so I actually am grateful that I got the score that I did because it made me, I think if I had coasted through, I wouldn't be the applicant that I am going into this last match. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And with that in mind, actually, you know, talking about the the hurdles that you felt that you overcame, 
What advice would you give to the applicants for the 2022-23 cycle who are kind of right now, some of them starting to get that itch, like, gosh, I, I need to start prepping and get ready, while others still feel like, hey, I've got all the time in the world. You know, it's not till September, that's fall, it's, it's barely spring. Um, you know, what what would you tell everybody? So it's it's a balance, right? It's a balance of those people who are eager to get started and a balance of people who are like, you know what, I can lay back. Because you can't, it's September will quickly approach. So you can't just say, oh, I'll wait. I don't, I'll have time. But you're also, I also like to level out the people who are super eager because if you keep looking months ahead, you'll never see what's in front of you right now. And so for those people applying, I know we're at this, like the month, the season right now where people are starting to take step two and uh, prepare their applications. So one step at a time, guys, I think the easiest thing is to nail that exam, do well, because at the end of the day, I keep saying, oh, you can't, you're not defined by a score, but unfortunately that doesn't mean scores aren't looked at, right? You, it's still right. unfortunately a part of your application. So the biggest thing I would say is focus one thing at a time, work on studying retaining information, not just study to pass an exam, but to retain it because all this stuff is stuff that you will use in the future very quickly, by the way. (laughs) So study hard, use that information, pass these exams. And then once you get to it, you know, applications open in June, you can slowly start to, you know, work on your application. Don't wait for September to come start doing it. You know, work on it one section at a time. That's what I did because if you wait, it becomes very overwhelming. It's very easy to get stressed. And at the end of the day, stuff like um, there's a section in your uh, application that's like hobbies where you think no one cares about. It's actually a very important and a very fun topic for interviewers to talk to you about. So, you know, spend time like looking at these little areas that you might not think people look at because every part of your application is at least, you know, glazed over. So Definitely. take some time, look at that stuff, but really take it one step at a time. Just don't wait until the end. But you're right. You do, some of you do have time. So, you know prioritize, organize. You you do have some good chunk of uh, months to work on some stuff. Awesome. I think that's really good advice, especially concerning, you know, waiting until you get through your exam and then you can focus on the all the application components right. because there are a lot of them. Um, but yeah, kind of trying to focus in two areas at once really may not produce the best results in either area. Right. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Well, is there anything else that you want to contribute to the success story interview to share with everybody who's watching? Um, I just want to say, I mean, I was, I made a post earlier on my Instagram that I wish I could go back. Cause I took a picture, uh, during my white coat ceremony and I reposted it essentially saying, I wish I could tell myself this advice then that I'm going to use now going into residency. And it's essentially trust yourself be like you are capable of so much and if you want it bad enough you can definitely get it you know like people say all the time like IMGs we're going up a the stigma is less but it's still there and you're always like swimming uphill but if you want it enough and if you work hard enough you'll definitely get it like by by any means this, this process is not easy but if you're strong enough you'll definitely be able to make waves so and I'm here there's plenty of us here that are like ready to help you. So don't be afraid to reach out because I definitely wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the help of fellow IMGs. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa. It has been absolutely wonderful to talk with you and hear about your journey and your success story. We're very happy for you and really excited for you to be starting your emergency medicine residency this coming July, which really is right around the corner. Right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome and take care. Thank you. All right, dear friends, that concludes this episode of the IMG podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune in for upcoming releases. You can learn more by visiting Match Resident on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you. And until next time, take care.